Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Forgot to give a shout out to uh, Gordon Granley in our announcements. Gordon was working diligently this week and helping with um, our new office space. Um, The pastor study is painted and carpeted and took out the wall between the classrooms. So maybe, uh, I guess. The classroom is a counting room, so don't mess with the money, but <laughs> we'll take a look at after our service. So. Uh, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our passage for this week is the first part of Jesus' ministry reveal at Nazareth in the Gospel of Luke. Now, things get very interesting in the second part of this story, but we're going to read that next week, so stay tuned. I will do my best not to drop many spoilers this week. Of course, it's in the Bible, so hopefully you know the Bible. (laughs) As for this week, we hear about how Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, which led him to begin his public ministry by teaching among the synagogues and towns of his home region of Galilee. Now, it is astounding and at the same time reassuring that Jesus' ministry was led by the Holy Spirit. Now, it may be easy to overlook this fact for how much Christians, clergy, and lay people alike need the Holy Spirit to lead our ministry work. We believe that the church, our our church here and churches across the world, our churches are, uh, and what we do in ministry, is in fact the work of the Holy Spirit. So it may be easy to take for granted that any and every person needs the Holy Spirit to come alongside their ministry work for it to be genuine and faithful, even if that person is Jesus Christ. As a pastor, I surely experience the need for the Holy Spirit every day. Unlike the rest of us, though, Jesus was the Son of God incarnate, the second person of the Trinity. We can easily wonder together why the Son of God would need an assist 
from the Spirit at all. Well, it appears that the work of the Holy Spirit is not limited to helping us woeful sinners make up for our glaring deficiencies. The Spirit does this kind of work, for sure, in instances in Scripture. For instance, where the apostles performed all sorts of miracles, presumably with the wind of the Holy Spirit at their back. Now, the most telling explanation of the otherworldly powers that they exhibited in the name of God is that they had God working with them in the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Son of God, on the other hand, was not limited like they were, or we are still today. He was there before the creation of the universe and existed far beyond the physical limitations of the rest of us. So in his case, the work of the Holy Spirit was significantly different. Yet, just as we hear about the Spirit moving over the face of the deep in Genesis's accounts of cre- the creation of the world, so the Spirit moved in the Son of God as he started proclaiming the prophetic promises of the Anointed One, Messiah, and that these promises had been fulfilled in their midst. Now, it seems that his ministry was well-received in the area around his hometown, though it would be received very differently in Nazareth itself. Our Gospel passage says, Jesus began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. His ministry was a hit from the start. People began to praise him for what he had to say, and more likely for the healing work that he had already started as he moved from synagogue to synagogue. There was much to love about Jesus and his ministry. And those who did not know him before appreciated him greatly from their first impressions of him. Jesus of Nazareth was a good man and his commitment to the good, especially to the good for the poor and the oppressed, was evident from from the first moments of his ministry. Now, you might think that those in his hometown would be awed to hear that one of their own was being heralded so widely. I think it's uh, still true today. People like to praise those we have grown up with who have gone on to do great things. I'm thinking locally, um, let's see, Brock Osweiler, who is quarterback from Kalispell, right? Um, Other famous people out there from Montana. And for instance, on the other hand, I come from a relatively small town in Iowa. But we heard all the time about the few football players from our high school who'd gone on to play in the NFL, the basketball player from down the road who'd gone on to play in the NBA, the local artist whose work can be found across the country and even internationally. Actually, I found his work at a gallery in uh, Big Fork. At least a couple years ago, they had his work up there. And I personally was especially proud that two Nobel Peace Prize winners grew up in the farmlands just around a few miles down the road from our town. Two of them. When those who grow up among us go on to do great things, it is as though it makes us all greater somehow. Kind of the opposite of how those who go on to live lives of crime can bring shame on their families 
those who go on to do praiseworthy things, to bring praise to their hometown friends, families, and communities. Now with this in mind, we could imagine that Jesus would not really need to do much of anything to prove his anointing to his friends and neighbors in Nazareth. We know that the angels heralded his birth. The wise men came as emissaries to honor him as the newborn king. And he amazed the priests and rabbis in the temple in Jerusalem from a young age. Presumably having traveled from Nazareth to get there and return there. And it is safe to assume that those who lived around him and watched him grow from when he was young would at least have picked up on the fact that there was something special about this Jesus kid somewhere along the way, even if they did not fully understand what these differences meant. Yet, even though he had grown up among them as the Son of God incarnate, the people of Nazareth still needed to be told that he was the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah. Jesus went to the synagogue in Nazareth with his friends and neighbors, seeming to have new anticipation about his presence among them. He had wowed people across the countrysides around them, and now he was coming home. It was a special moment. But they still needed to be told why he was so special. So, he unrolled the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and read from Isaiah chapter 61, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the Lord's favor. Then, after he had sat down and all eyes were upon him, he said to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. They needed to be told, so he told them. He was the promised Messiah, the anointed one who had come to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. God was doing a new thing, and Jesus of Nazareth was the one whom the Spirit anointed to do that new thing. Still, they needed to be told that the Son of God who had lived in their midst for years was indeed the one promised to the children of Abraham and to the rest of the world. They needed to be told that Jesus was special and unique, for they could not recognize uh, what God had been preparing in their midst all those years. They could not see it for themselves. So Jesus had to force the issue on those whom he knew well. We will hear how they responded to the fulfillment of this prophecy by one of their own next week. And we can forever learn lessons from this congregation gathered around Jesus in Nazareth, though. For they could not recognize that God had dwelt with them all along. There he was, the Son of God in the flesh. But they could not recognize God's presence before them. While the Son lived and breathed like you and me, they struggled to see who he was and what God was up to in their lifetimes. 
Now, many people have asked through the ages, where are you, God? I assume many in that room had asked that question at one time or another, too. But their situation was wholly different than most, for God literally lived right next door, or at least down the block. Only they could not recognize God's presence in their lives and in their community. It might be easy to think that it is more difficult to see God's presence in our lives the further away in time we are from Christ's resurrection and ascension. But the example of the citizens of Nazareth is that they could not see the Son of God for who He was, even though they had lived, He had lived among them most of His life. They, just like us, needed to use eyes of faith to look beyond His family and His past to see the deeper, eternal truth of who He was and what God was doing in the world. I pray that God will continually teach us to do better so that we can look beyond what our our eyes perceive, too, to see what God is not only doing now, but what God is also doing throughout the ages. On a personal note, uh, there's there's been a lot this year, and I just relate. Um, So, sometimes it's hard to see. But, may the God of peace keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.